Good morning. My name is Shailen Copes, and I have the privilege of reading with my daughter, Dana Copes. Our scripture reading today is found in Matthew 18, verse 1 through 6, and 10 to 14. Let us stand for the reading of God's word. The disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for him to have a large millstone hung around his neck and to be drowned in the depths of the sea. See that you do not despise one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father in heaven. What do you think? If a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I've loved this service, and I've gotten to experience it twice. Maybe we'll do a third one. It's just so, so wonderful. Uh, as our families were dedicating their children, and we were making a commitment uh, to being involved in the lives of our children until they become complete in Christ, it made me think about what I want to talk to you about today. And that is this deep conviction that I have, that I've mentioned to you many times, that God places a church like this one, like Lake Avenue Church, right in this neighborhood for a reason. And there are a number of reasons why he does so. But today I want to focus on one particular one. And that is the God who made this world knows that not everything in his world is perfect and not even everything is perfect in any of our lives. Amen? And so he places local church families in a community like this one because he knows how hard it's going to be, even when we follow Jesus, he knows how hard it's going to be for us to break from some of the patterns that the world lives in that aren't really healthy or some of the, the ways we've been going ourselves that aren't right and live the way that he would have us to live. So he, he places a community of believers so that we can do life together with Christ at the center. In other words, one of the reasons why God plants a church like this in a neighborhood is so that he can do his life-changing, life-transforming work in, well, in you. Yeah, and in me and, and in each one of us. Um, so that, and, and I love the way that the Apostle Paul puts it in Colossians 1, so that the promise that he gives to us will actually happen, that you and I will become complete in Christ really what he made us to be in the first place. So today, on this Mother's Day 2015, what I decided I wanted to do is just focus on one group of people whose growth 
in becoming complete in Christ, God especially focuses on. He's especially concerned about. Now, in Jesus' day, this one group that, that we're supposed to focus on and that God focuses us on, the rest of the people there could not have believed that the God who made the universe would have a special focus on and love for this group of people. Because what we're going to see is Jesus takes uh, one person who on that particular day would have been one of the least valued people, and he takes that person and puts him right in the center of that gathering of people. Most of the rest of them thought that they were the important people and, and declares to us that we must see that person as God sees that person and welcome that person as God welcomes that person. So uh, uh, basically, uh, if you're not a person who goes to church very often, Jesus does this all the time. <laughs> he just has this way that the, the people who might even come into a church like ours and, and wonder, hey, I haven't been in church often or I have all these messes in my life. Well, will, will they be w w welcoming me here? Let me at least say this to you, that the Jesus that we've been singing all these songs about, he, he, he welcomes you. He, he loves to have you here. And often it's those people who are least appreciated in the eyes of the world are the ones that, that he especially focuses his love on and says that you are an important part of his church family. Now, the, the one that Jesus welcomes in Matthew 18, you've already heard Shailen uh, uh, read for us that particular text, is a little child who would be excluded by, by the male adult population that would have been there that day. In other words, in that particular gathering as Jesus was there on one day, if there had been a child there, most of the men who were there would not have even noticed that child. Or if the child would have happened to have cried, they would have said, what's that child doing here in the church? You know, get that person out. And so Jesus does something very, very hard for them to understand. He declares that this child is of great, great value. Now listen to me. It, it, I think it's hard for us in American society to even think about the fact that there would be societies where children are devalued in a public, open way. I think sometimes that happens in our society. We just don't talk about it so openly. But that has been true throughout centuries. Now, the world that Jesus lived in, uh, there were two main dominant cultures. There was Roman culture, there was Greek culture. Uh, the Roman culture was largely the military, political power. The Greek culture was largely the intellectual or, and the artistic uh, dominant culture of that world. And in both of them, children were often devalued. For example, among the Romans, th did you know there were no child protection laws whatsoever? None. A father had the right to take the life of his child with no fear of prosecution, no laws against it. And among the Greeks, I just saw one thing will point out to you what it was like there. There is a letter that was recently discovered. It was written by, I'll just call him a Greek traveling uh, salesman. <laughs> he was going to be away from Greece, away from his home. He was going to be in Africa for a while. His wife was pregnant. He knew he wouldn't be back home uh, before she gave birth. And this is what he wrote her. It's in this letter. He wrote her and he said, when the child is born, if it is a girl, throw it away which really shows you how that culture viewed both women and children. Those were the days that Jesus was living in. And that's why uh, this episode that was recorded in Matthew chapter 18, I'm telling you, it would have been shocking to hear Jesus say what he said in that day. 
that none of you seemed all that shocked as uh, Dana and Shailen read. But, but we should be. And it really shows us something about the Jesus that, w- that we worship here. It tells us how he values all people of any age, the smallest child. And in our world, I think often as we get to be older and older, maybe uh, those who are older are sometimes devalued. Or those who have come out of being incarcerated or those who have come from different ethnicities or or nations. The way that Jesus looks at people is that all human beings are made in the image of God. He came to do his uh, life-changing work in each one of us. Yeah, one amen. I I was wanting one of those, though (laughs) though I I needed it just to help me go. So here's what Jesus is saying in the text we're going to look at. He is suggesting... That, um, that he sends sometimes little children into our communities to do a specific work for God. And he doesn't do it the way, talk about children the way that we often do in our world with kind of humanistic platitudes and so forth. He gives very foundational reasons why it's so important for us to have children in our community and to value children in our community. So here, here are the two he gives. There are others, but I'll just, these two I want to focus on. One, Because our children teach us about going to heaven. Verses one through six. And number two, because our children teach us about who is important to God. Verses 10 to 14. So we're going to start with the first one. Uh, Our children can teach us something about going to heaven. Or I put a subtitle up here. God often teaches us the most important lessons about all of life through the most unexpected of people. Look at verses two and three. So, in that particular day, Jesus called a little child to him and placed the child among them. Do you see what it said? Right in the middle. (laughs) They'd been trying to ignore the child right in the middle, in the center of the focus. And Jesus said, truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never even enter the kingdom of heaven. So here, you see what Jesus is saying, is the children would be brought into a church like ours, not just so that we can teach them, but so that they might teach us. Now, hear me in the right way. We do need to teach our children. Uh, but, but he's saying, uh, no, there, there's another reason. You need to, some teaching too, and children can do it. They are that important to you. Now, do you believe that? I got three yeses. Uh, I, don't, I don't think most of us really believe that deep down. It's not the way we think in our society. I'll, I feel it myself, so I'm just, the way we usually think is, okay, I've had all this education, or I've had success in doing things, or, you know, I have life experience. And so whenever we have somebody come, we feel like I'm the one who does all the teaching to that other the person. And, and, and hear me right here, especially with the dedication of our children today. There is such an important role that we have to play in the lives of our children to teach and model the faith there. However, I think we have to see this other side. Jesus makes it very, very clear that we need to learn something and everybody he brings into our lives, including those who are viewed the least of these, and, and that includes our little children, have an important role to play, even as important as teaching us about how to have eternal life. And here, let me just tell you what I I see Jesus saying. That the moment 
you and I enter into any relationship in this world thinking, I have everything to teach that person and nothing to be taught by that person, beware. Beware. We need one another as human beings. And here Jesus is saying, it is so important for you to have contact with to spend time with and even to learn from your little children. Now, when he says that, I need to tell you what he's not saying. I've read all the commentaries, and many people have a lot of strange ideas about this. Jesus is not saying this. He's not saying that some people, like a little child, like an infant, are completely innocent before God and absolutely perfect as they are. He's not saying, okay, you adults, you've got to become as perfect as those little children, or you'll never come to know God. That's, that's not in this text. It's nowhere in the Bible. Every one of us needs God. We all need his mercy. And, and so children are not perfect simply because they're children. All right, I, I'm a father. <clears throat> I'm not so sure that our children are quite as perfect as we try to tell people that they are. <laughs> I, amen. I, I thought maybe some of our young parents would say an amen there uh, to me. Uh, so that's not what he's saying. He's not saying you and I have to become as perfect as a little child. We could never get there anyway. And, and the second thing he's not saying is this, that you and I have to become as unquestioning or naive about our faith as a little child. Once again, I'm not so sure that our little children are as unquestioning as we think. All right, I've been a pastor a long time. And I think the hardest questions about God in the Bible I've ever been asked are questions children ask me. Sometimes when I see children coming and I hear parents saying, my daughter wants to ask you a question, pastor, I just want to run because I know how hard this is. So I don't think children are all that unquestioning. But the other side, I just want you to always know this. I don't see that being naive in our faith or not bringing questions to God is ever advocated in the Bible. I mean, God knows about how hard this world is. He wants us to be the best learners of his word and his world. Sometimes it's hard to put together these things. And when I read about the great, great Christians of history, even when I read the Psalms, those who really trust God know that we have to bring hard questions to him. So if he's not saying those things, what is Jesus saying? I think he is teaching us about saving faith. Uh, he says, okay, you're not going to enter the kingdom of God unless you learn from them. I think he's saying something like this. If you and I are going to enter God's kingdom at all, and, and notice that phrase kingdom, that word kingdom, that means somebody else is going to rule our lives. That means that you and I surrender control. If we're going to enter God's kingdom by trusting God, we have to learn to turn over the entirety of our lives in personal faith to the king who is over all the universe. And I'm telling you, isn't it the older we get, the harder it is just to surrender everything to God? We feel like we can do it ourselves. Sometimes we don't think we need so much of God's help, but what happens is it sometimes seems to me that the more we live, the harder it is to go all the way back and just say, my life is yours, oh God. And so, so Jesus says, listen, you won't even enter the kingdom of heaven unless you learn from this child. Because I think he's saying, what you're gonna end up doing is, you'll say, okay, I'll believe in you, but I'm gonna keep control of my life. See, little infants, you know this, are people who don't pretend um, that they don't need you. 
when a child is first born, isn't it true? They don't pretend that they don't need you to give me some food. I can't even have food without, I need you to change me. All these things that little infants do. Now, the older we get, we do need to have, develop in, independence from our parents, from people around us. That's a part of growing up. But what God is declaring and what Jesus is teaching is we should never become independent from God. You and I must always know that we are completely dependent upon God. And if you're an adult and you've never really surrendered your life to God, it really is like starting all over, and that really is hard. So I have most people who come to faith, come to faith when they are children. Uh, it, it's like last week I was talking about Nicodemus, a very powerful man, a well-educated man, much prestige in his community, and he says, I want to have eternal life. He knew something was missing. And Jesus, do you remember what he says? You have to be born again. And Nicodemus says, wait a minute, I have to start all over again like I'm a little child? And Jesus says, yes. How can I do that? I'm the one who teaches other people how to live. How can I start all over and have you teach me how to live? And what Jesus says is, you've got to watch your children. And in these matters of faith, the way they have to depend upon you is the way you have to learn to depend upon God and trust him and thank him for all that he does. Uh, I'll tell you, as long as you and I try to pretend that we have everything under control, we'll never be willing to, to, to give up and start all over with God and let God be God. I when I read this, I just say, Jesus knows what he's talking about. He knows what he's talking about, that unless we become as trust-filled and dependent upon God so that we just say, whatever you want me to do, my life is yours, I'm going to trust you. He says, learn that from your children or you will never even see the kingdom of God. So on this Mother's Day, Jesus says, almost shockingly, uh, thank God for the children who are among you and in your families and in your church. I care for them, teach them, but learn from them too and you will learn how to please the God of the universe. As an infant depends upon you, you depend upon God in faith. Uh, God teaches us the most important lessons about life through the most unexpected people. Now the second reason why it's so important for, to have children is that our children also teach us about what God values. Or the way I have the subtitle, I said, all people are important for an absolute reason, because you and I and all people matter to God. Okay, verse 10, Jesus says, see that you do not despise one, any one of these little ones, for I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Whoa. Those are mysterious words, aren't they? Do you understand them? Do you, do you think Jesus is saying that each little child has sort of an, a guardian angel always watching over and, and protecting? It may well be that that's what he's saying, but, but what, at least he is saying this. Using this language of uh, their angels in heaven are at the face of my Father, see my Father in heaven. Their angels see my Father. That's kingly language. That was language that was used in the courts that when there was a king who had sovereign authority over all of his subjects, had one particular subject that he particularly loved and cared about, but he was away from that one, he would send one of his representatives that would be called to the face of the king, 
to the face of the king, which means you could look the king right in the face. And really what it meant, it was an idiom that just said, this one who comes has the full authority of the king. So if you do anything to that subject of the king, you had better beware. So he is saying that our little ones have to the face of the heavenly father an angel who watches over them. So he says, see to it that you don't reject or despise or abuse a little child because the angels who are to the face of the king of the universe watch over them and will make sure that they are protected and cared for. It is a beautiful, beautiful statement. Do you think that God cares for little children so much that he has that kind of regal guardian? And Jesus is at least declaring this to us. Those who seem to be the smallest and of least value in the eyes of the world are of that kind of value to God. Learn from them, care for them. Now I've got to stop for just a moment here to address one issue that is of such importance to me that this just touches upon because I know it touches upon many of your lives as well. And it is, I want to talk to you about how little children, how they stand before God. Um, my wife and I, Chris, some of you know, and many of you here in our church have lost a child in infancy. Uh, so I've got to tell you this. This passage is central to my understanding of how God sees the little infants of this world. So on the basis of texts like this one that, that I join with many theologians and many Bible scholars, not all, some theologians and Bible scholars really disagree with me on this point, so I want you to listen carefully, but many, many say, no, that's, you're reading that thing right. I join with them to say that it is really wrong for us to think of our little children as being in danger of hell. According to Jesus, now you've got to read through this text several times and you'll see it. According to Jesus, it isn't the little child who's in danger of hell. It is those who put stumbling blocks in the ways of the little children who are in danger. Isn't that the clear thrust of this? Did you see it? Look at verses five through nine and I think you will. The child is the one who teaches others how to go to heaven. So the implication, or maybe I say the application of this, of course, is that I think it's on the authority of Jesus himself that I, as your senior pastor, can offer those of you who have lost little children uh, the confidence that they are in the presence of God, that, that God loves your child more than you ever could. It's my, my personal view that God keeps infants safe, I'll use that word, safe in their standing before him. Until when, pastor, you say? Well, that's something we can debate about. When I talk about such big issues as this, we need to be able to talk back and forth, don't we? But at least I want you to know what I hold to. I never hesitate to give grieving parents of infants who are lost the assurance that their children are in good standing before God. You don't, look at verse 14. It is not the will of the Father in heaven that any of these little ones should be lost, says Jesus. So I don't know if I've spoken clearly about that, but I think you get my heart about this one. But the main point that Jesus makes here um, is that each one, each person is of great, great value to God. And, and for our little children, as little as they are, uh, children matter to God, and they should matter to us because they matter to God. If God provides this kind of watch care over our children, 
then we need to put our focus on them as a church and as individuals as well. See to it, Jesus says, that you never look down on any one of these little ones. I I just read this text. Children didn't matter all that much to the people who were there in Matthew 18, but they mattered to Jesus. And Jesus is the Lord of this church. So if they matter to Jesus, I want them to matter to us. I want them to matter to us. I I think it so often does. I read this text, and what the Bible does is it, it asks us, do you value people the way that God does? Do you see people the way that God sees people? Uh, uh, my constant sermons kind of go to this point. When you and I really believe in Jesus and follow Jesus, it changes everything. When he's the Lord and we follow him, he takes us in different directions than we go on our own and then the world would take us. And one of the first changes that following Jesus makes in our lives is he changes our eyes. He changes the way we see one another. And, and people who may come in to a church where Jesus is Lord and not feel very valuable, God says, they're valuable. <laughs> you welcome them as I welcome them. And the, and the real focus today is make sure that you welcome the children and love them and learn from them. Uh, do you long to see the way God does? I, I long for us to be a church like this. I think, I think God places children in our midst so that he might accomplish his work in them through us and in us through them. Uh, Parents who are here, do you see the relevance of this for parenting on Mother's Day? Do you see? Uh, We live in a world, too, that in a more subtle way tells us to, to often value careers more than parenting. And let me just tell you, we are to value careers. That calling of God is a high calling. But I hope you see from the words of Jesus that any time that we invest, any sacrifice we make for children, is there a greater stewardship in the eyes of God than that? And, and for the rest of us, when, when we call you to serve our children in teaching them or watching them in the nursery, sometimes we think, you know, it would, I'd have a greater impact if I taught a theology class for adults. Well, the adults probably aren't going to change much. I, I'm just telling you that whenever... You volunteer to spend some time with our children. It may feel like a sacrifice at times, but you hear not only will he use you to help shape and direct their lives, but as you're with them, you watch them, he will teach you about himself. Um, so today we're going to be going over and seeing our new, newly done children's facility. When we made this decision to, to invest so much in redoing the children's facility, a lot of people came up and said, Pastor, haven't you seen all the other things that we need to do around here? And my answer is, yeah, I, I see it every day I come to church. Uh, the, taking care of a facility this big, that, that, that's an enormous thing. But I tell you, with the resources God gives to us, I think he calls us to come to him and say, Lord, what's the most important thing? And it becomes very clear to me on the basis of texts like this that any money, any time, any resources we invest upon those who are the little ones, that is something that is pleasing in the eyes of God. So all of you who have so generously given to our children's facility, thank you. We still need some of you to be generous to give to that. Just throw that in as a pastoral comment. (laughs) 
Any of you who will be serving in VBS, and we're going to have great opportunities coming up to touch the lives of children, I tell you, if you do so, you are going to find the greatest blessings of your entire life because Matthew 18 is a clear and powerful lesson to learn to see the way Jesus sees. He values the least of these. And in his world, the least of these were the little, little children. So Jesus turned to them and says, never harm them. Instead, love them, and even more than that, learn from them. And by God's grace and with his help, we here at Lake Avenue Church are going to do what Jesus told us to do. So if you are uh, parents of young children or grandparents of wonderful young grandchildren, with God's help and by God's grace, this will be a marvelous place for them to be loved, to come to know Jesus, and grow until they are complete in Christ. That is my prayer for us as a church. Uh, And this is why we'll keep calling you to love and to serve our children. When you do, you will find that our children will be blessed. And as I said today, I think you're going to find that you will be blessed too. And it will all be to his glory. Amen. Amen. Let me lead us in prayer as Dwayne comes up. Father, I I pray I've been faithful to your word. I, I thank you for this day that in the midst of times where mothers and fathers find it so hard to be good mothers and fathers, and some of us have had parents or grandparents who have not even sought to do that, that you give us the opportunity uh, to care for those who are young in the way that Jesus so clearly taught us to do so. So, Father, give us wisdom. May your spirit move in our hearts. Father, I pray that for each one who is here this morning, that this will be a place that each one of us, including me, will become all that you made us to be, and we are not yet, but that we will become complete in Christ, and particularly, Father, with your help, I pray that our little children might find this to be a place where they meet you and grow to be all that you created them to be, to your glory, in the name of Jesus, amen.